Hello, this is Mark Silverman, Managing Member and Founder of Silverman & Associates, and I'm also a Certified Financial Planner Professional. I want to welcome you to the Saving with Silverman podcast. I'm glad you're here. Each week, we'll discuss different financial planning topics because making smarter choices about your money impacts the quality of your life. This is Saving with Silverman. I'm Ron Stutz, along with Mark Silverman, the founder and managing member of Silverman & Associates, your certified financial planner professional. And if you'd like to get in touch with Mark Silverman, here's your number to call or text. Your choice, 520-333-7601. But it's 520-333-7601. Get in touch right now and arrange a time to come in and have a conversation about your retirement. 520-333-7601. Mark, I hope you've had an outstanding week. It's always good to be with you. So far, so good. How are you doing, Ron? Oh, fantastic. It's been a great weekend and a great week leading up to it. And we have an interesting topic of conversation today. How about we learn from the richest musicians? I know that you're a big fan of music, and so am I. So this ought to be... And we're on the radio, so... Yeah, exactly. So let's look at some of the richest people in the music industry and see what lessons we might be able to learn from them so we can apply that to our own retirement planning. First of all, I'm certain you know the name Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's worth $1.2 billion, is what I read. He's uh, the richest musician in history, actually, because... He has had things like Jesus Christ Superstar, Cats, Phantom of the Opera, and they're going to continue to bring in money to Andrew Lloyd Webber and his estate, I suppose, for, you know, a hundred years. Soundtrack recordings, film adaptations. He set up a company back in 1977 that ensures that he shares in the profits of his works in any form including all ticketing agencies and venues. And this guy is well covered, but Andrew Lloyd Webber did it right, I suppose. He's incredibly rich. And what can we learn from him? Well, I think there's a couple things. The first thing is obviously the key to planning. It sounds like he kind of foresaw what was going to happen as far as these different projects that he was involved in and making sure that he was still collecting on those you know, for him and his family. So setting up a company back then, he had the foresight to make sure and, and do the proper planning. So whoever, whether he was doing it himself or was, you know, somebody gave him the idea, certainly that's worked to his favor. But I think the other thing is having different streams of income, which I think is important rather than relying on just one thing. And, you know, like I've said before, you know, if you rely on just, you know, social security or just a pension, et cetera, that can be a problem. But, you know, having different income streams, whether it be, you know, in retirement, whether it be just social security, if you have a pension, you're drawing off your investments, maybe having rental properties, whatever it might be, having the income coming in while you're retired to make sure that you can pay for all the things that you want to do and all the things that unfortunately you may not want to do, like healthcare, a nursing home care that you have to pay for while you're still alive. So I think that's the lesson there it would be one would be, you know, planning and, and making sure everything's set up correctly. And then two, making sure you have, you know, various income streams. Yeah. And his income streams are going to go on in perpetuity, just like right. Paul Sounds McCartney like or somebody, you know, it's going to be around forever. Let's talk about Bono, lead singer of U2. And uh, I read that he's worth 600 million bucks. He's made as much on other adventures other than his music. He's a major investor in Facebook. U2's 360 tour, when they were on tour, grossed nearly $800 million 
in just a two-year period, making it the biggest tour in history. And he's got a lot of other investments, including a, a clothing line and a five-star hotel. Bono's out there as a social activist as well, but he's got a lot of different companies around where he makes money. What can we learn from what Bono has done? I would probably say diversification. Sounds like he hasn't just solely based everything on his, you know, on U2 and his and his music career, but also, you know, getting involved and, in, you know, having the foresight to invest in Facebook in the initial, but also, you know, with the touring and making use of his clothing line and, like you said, a hotel, he's diversifying, taking some money and, and putting it in different areas that aren't correlated with each other. And that's the whole key why you diversify is to invest in other opportunities in case one doesn't work out, you have other places, other income streams. If he had everything just in his music career, and if had that hadn't panned out, that could be a problem. But having the money to to diversify, which anybody can do in retirement, is diversify into different things. You know, the cool thing is that, I mean, this is not going to happen, but if his music career were to die out tomorrow and people would stop buying his music and caring about his music at all, he'd still be in great shape because he's got all these other things. Just amazing. Correct. Correct. The next guy on the list here is Sean Combs. I don't know if you know him as Puff Daddy or P. Diddy or, or Diddy or whatever he's calling himself this week. It changes all the time. Wouldn't that be it nice does. to be able to change your name every week? <laughs> I wonder why he's changing his Just, name. I don't know. Is he running from something? I, I don't know. But, you know, you just on a whim. I mean, like Prince did the same thing, you know. Other people have done it. His net worth is close to Bono's $540 million. First of all, he was the first rapper to truly build an empire. I mean, this guy really has an empire. Uh, He developed a clothing line called Sean John. He owns a piece of Ciroc vodka. He owns his own cable music network, for heaven's sake. And his music business accounts for only 20% of his revenue. Now, he's doing a lot of producing and everything else, but I would put that into that category of music. But what is the lesson that we can learn from Sean Combs or Puff Daddy or Diddy or whoever he is right now? Well, I think very similar to Bono, I think he's diversified. But it seems like he's diversified into different areas and not just going with the fads, but going with staples or things that have been around. You know, not taking all of his fortunes and buying Bitcoin, for example, but putting it into things that have been around for a while. And I think that's smart. It's that's a that's a level of diversification and kind of not putting all of your eggs in one basket. I think, you know, going back, I think, you know, Bono did sounds very similar as far as diversifying as well. I'm not so sure if he's still making music or not. I know Bono is. I don't know if Sean Combs is doing it or whatever he goes by these days is still making music or not. But it sounds like he's still generating revenue by by these different ventures that he's invested in. Yeah. Well, uh, one more I wanted to ask you about here, and this is someone who's been around for a very long time, Dolly Parton. Uh, you know, Dolly's career has spanned decades and decades. She's worth about $450 million, which is not bad. <laughs> How would you like to to uh, know Dolly Parton and hang out with her for a while? She's known for one thing I wanted to mention is one particular song that she did. She wrote it and she performed it first herself, I Will Always Love You. And it was a, you know, a pretty big success. But then later on, many years later, Whitney Houston recorded that song and it just blew up. 
I mean, she really could have gotten rich off that one song. But Dolly has made millions of dollars simply from just being shrewdly aware of how to market herself as a country girl, uh, really happy. You know, that persona she has is amazing, and her, her backstory is pretty amazing. She also bought a theme park in the mid-1980s and rebranded it as Dollywood. She's pretty remarkably smart. What is the lesson for us in all that? I would have to say patience. You know, she did come from, like you said, humble beginnings. There was a show on, I forget what channel, this is a couple years ago, which kind of portrayed her life. Uh, It's actually really interesting because she started with nothing, literally, Mm -hmm. and built this up, but didn't try to just get rich quick, but she's really built it up. And I think sounds like she stayed grounded as far as what she's accomplished and how she's done things and slowly built up, which, you know, I guess we could equate to not trying to chase, you know, returns and, and really having patience and staying true to strategy, whether it be a retirement strategy or her, her music strategy, if you will, with how she's done things. She's certainly a talent, but again, that only goes so far, but being able to diversify and do different things, again, kind of like what we mentioned with some of the other people we've talked about, is really, it sounds like the key. Too many people that put all their eggs in one basket or who j- do just one thing are the ones that are going to struggle. It's really having a plan and being able to to spread out those risks. You know, the interesting thing is that one thing I didn't even mention is she has had an acting career as well. You ever see the movie Nine to Five? Yeah, it's really, really pretty good. So at any rate, a lot of things that we can learn from these these rich musicians. And I know that a lot of folks may call in and uh, decide to come in and sit down and talk with you for a while. Mark, uh, what do you have to offer those folks? Well, whether you're a first time listener to the show, you've heard me for a long time. If anything I've said makes sense or resonates with you, this is now your opportunity to come in and have a conversation with me in my office to go through this process we call the financial physical. I don't pawn you off on somebody else. I can assure you I will not be trying to sell you investment or insurance products. I repeat, this is not going to be a sales meeting. Rather, we're going to discuss your values and goals in a way, honestly, you probably never have. This consultation is designed for both individuals as well as couples. However, if you are married, it is mandatory that both spouses attend this initial meeting. So whether you're still working or already retired, this is a great opportunity to see what it looks like to work with someone who's actually required to have a fiduciary responsibility to look out for your best interest at all times. And as part of the financial physical, we will discuss your cash reserves, debt if you have any, insurance, all types, and how to best allocate your assets. And we'll even benchmark where you are now financially compared to where you want to be. So you have an even better perspective of what's required to achieve your goals for the reasons that are important to you. This becomes the foundation for developing a plan that gives you the highest probability of making that happen. This meeting will be valuable to you whether or not we decide to work together. There is no cost or obligation for this initial appointment. However, it is best suited for people who have saved at least $250,000. And as you probably are aware, I am a certified financial planner professional, and I believe the only one locally here on the radio in Tucson, and the going hourly rate to meet with a CFP such as myself can cost as much as $300 an hour. So this is a tremendous value and chance to finally get your financial house in order and keep it that way. And your only commitment is an hour or so of your time. We try our best to help everyone, however, our slots fill up quickly. So I can only guarantee a complimentary meeting to the next five people that contact us right now. Please don't procrastinate because making smarter choices about your money impacts the quality of your life. 
520-333-7601 is your number to call or text. Put it in your phone, whatever you need to do to, to save it and to be able to recall it. 520-333-7601. That number will put you through to Silverman and Associates in Tucson. And uh, again, 520-333-7601. I'll put you in touch with Mark Silverman. Silverman and Associates serving Tucson and Southern Arizona. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. This is Saving with Silverman. You've got questions. We've got answers. Keep listening to Saving with Silverman. You're listening to Saving with Silverman with the one and only Mark Silverman, certified financial planner professional at Silverman and Associates. If you live in Tucson or wherever you live in Southern Arizona, you'll want to talk to Mark because he's been doing this for quite some time, helping individuals and couples and families all over the Tucson area at Silverman and Associates. Call him at 520-333-7601. You can call or text. If you text, just make sure you leave your first and last name. If you're calling, just leave a voicemail and let Mark's office know how to get back in touch with you. And then you can come in before you know it and have a conversation about your situation. 520-333-7601. 520-333-7601. Call or text. Mark, let's talk about pensions. I know not as many people have pensions these days as did in past generations. Certainly, things have changed. But how many companies do you come across in your area that actually still provide pensions? Well, unfortunately, there's not a lot, and we're seeing less and less. And I think, you know, given Tucson, we don't see as many. I mean, certainly probably where we see the most is, um, and this is for people that have been with the company a long time, is Raytheon, you know, whether you're Hughes Legacy, that sort of thing. Newer, we have some clients that are newer with Raytheon that don't even have a pension. So we certainly see with Raytheon, we see teachers, you know, that are with uh, TUSD, you know, the ASRS, uh, they have those pensions. If you're with the U of A, you know, any type of government is typically where we see pensions. In the private sector, we don't see it too often. Often, uh, we've seen some people from Caterpillar that have had pensions that are new to town. You know, it, it just depends. There's, But there's not a lot of pensions. If somebody has them, they're usually government-related, whether it be military or working for the government, that sort of thing, or, you know, people that have been with Raytheon for a while. But other than that, we don't really see a lot with pensions, unfortunately. All right. Uh, how does the lack of a pension change retirement planning for today's pre-retiree? In other words, just about everybody you work with. Yeah. For most people, they're in the same boat, which basically means that we're, you know, we're going to be looking at, you know, probably just social security, which again, and I've said this before, should make up more than maybe 25 to 30% of your overall income plan in retirement. So the rest is looking at your assets and what you have available and making sure that we can show you how to draw off that without running out of money. What's the safe withdrawal rate? You know, what's looking at inflation? Because that's the other thing too. We have, you need an increasing income to cover increasing costs, which is inflation. So, you know, making sure that what's the best strategy to draw off your assets and there's different ways of doing it, but you need to know what the plan is so you don't run out of money. Okay. For those few people out there who do have pensions and they've been offered a pension buyout where they take a lump sum at retirement instead of a monthly income, how do you advise those people? Well, what we would do is we would look to see what the amounts that they would get. And there's different choices. With pensions, it, it could be different things. You know, you could get it if you're single, you could just take it on your life. If you're married, you could take it, you know, joint and survivor, both 100%. Sometimes you can take a reduced benefit for your spouse of 50 or 75 or 25%. So there's different options that they give you and you you know you want to make sure you're making the right choice because you know with with pensions once you take it you can't change it down the road. 
And so you got to make sure you make the right decision there. But getting back to what you're saying is we would find out what they're, they're being offered as far as what that payment would look like versus the lump sum. And then we could actually go out and shop it and run an analysis and see how much you're getting versus what you could get in the open market. And you know, in some cases we can beat what they're doing, in some cases we can't, but we'll let you know that. But it's important to shop it and see if you're getting the best deal at that point in time. We're talking about pensions on today's edition of Saving with Silverman. And Mark, whether someone has an actual pension or a stream of income that behaves like a pension, how do you plan for inflation since that particular income stream won't have the same buying power in the future? Well, you need an increasing income stream. We talked about diversification before, but that's why you need different sources. You know, Social Security does go up, you know, maybe one or 2%. It doesn't keep up with inflation in our mind based on the on past performance, but it does increase a little bit. Most pensions don't increase. And so what you need is you need income streams that will increase, that can go up to adjust for cost of living. And depending on what those things are, if it's healthcare, you know, that even has a higher inflation rate. That could be around four and a half to 6% per year versus traditional inflation, we use the 3% factor. So it's making sure that you have a plan and looking at the, all the different sources of assets and things like that and how we're gonna create that income that's gonna last you and if you're married, you and your spouse's life and increase with the cost of living as well. All right, so unfortunately, not many people have pensions and that means that planning for your retirement is a little more complicated today than it used to be in the old days when you work for a company for 40 years and you have a pension and then things are simple. Now you have to do that yourself or have a qualified advisor like Mark Silverman help you do it. And Mark, I know that there are folks who might wanna give you a call and arrange a time to come in and have a conversation. What do you have to offer those folks? Well, Ron, just like you get a second opinion on your health, why wouldn't you get a second opinion on your wealth? So whether you're do-it-yourself or already working with someone, this is now your chance to go through this process we call the financial physical. Do you know what your investments are costing you? If you're still working, are you on track to have the type of retirement you've always envisioned? Or if you're already retired, do you know if you or your spouse are at risk of running out of money while trying to maintain your current lifestyle? I can assure you, I will not be trying to sell you investment or insurance products. I repeat, this is not a sales meeting. In this initial meeting, we'll address issues of importance to you, provide an overall view of your situation, and give you some general advice on what needs to be completed. This consultation is designed for both individuals as well as couples. However, if you are married, it is mandatory that both spouses attend this initial meeting. So whether you're still working or already retired, this is a great opportunity to see what it looks like to work with someone who is actually required to have a fiduciary responsibility to look out for your best interest at all times. This meeting will be valuable to you whether or not we decide to work together. There is no cost or obligation for this initial appointment. However, it is best suited for people who have saved at least $250,000. And as you probably are aware, I am a certified financial planner professional, and I believe the only one locally here on the radio in Tucson, and the going hourly rate to meet with a CFP such as myself can cost as much as $300 an hour. So this is a tremendous value and chance to finally get your financial house in order and keep it that way. And your only commitment is an hour or so of your time. Just as you want to reach a healthy life from a physical standpoint, you also want to reach and maintain great financial health. So our financial physical is just what the doctor ordered. We try our best to help everyone. However, our slots fill up quickly. So I can only guarantee a complimentary meeting for the next five people that contact us right now. Please don't procrastinate because making smarter choices about your money impacts the quality of your life. 
520-333-7601. That is 520-333-7601. Call or text if you like. And you can get in touch with Mark Silverman, the founder and the managing member of Silverman & Associates. You can also go to savingwithsilverman.com, the website, and find out more if you like. But the most immediate way to arrange a time to come in and have a conversation with Mark is 520-333-7601. 520-333-7601. Call or you can text if you prefer that method of communication. You're listening to Saving with Silverman. I'm Ron Sutz along with Mark Silverman. Learn the path to a worry-free retirement. Keep listening to Saving with Silverman. You're listening to Saving with Silverman and Mark Silverman, of course, the star of this show every week on the radio, giving you all kinds of good ideas for your retirement planning. But certainly, you need to come in and have a conversation with Mark. And you can arrange that by calling 520-333-7601. Call or text, if you like, 520-333-7601. We talk so many times about how there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to retirement planning. Everybody's situation is different. Everyone is unique. That's why it's so important for Mark to know the specifics of your situation as he helps you put together a plan. There's no obligation when you make this phone call or when you come in and talk with Mark, and certainly no cost. 520-333-7601 is your number to call or text. Mark, as always, we have some great questions that have come in on the request line. We have a question from Miles in Marana. Miles says, which of my accounts should I withdraw from first when I retire? My 401k, my Roth IRA, my brokerage account that mainly consists of mutual funds, or the extra cash that I have in the bank? Which one should I go to first? Well, Miles, that's a great question. It really depends on when you're retiring. Because if you retire prior to 59 and a half, you may be paying t- you know, a 10% penalty if you don't do it correctly. There's a way to do it, but most people aren't aware of that. But if you take money out of you know, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks, prior to 59 and a half, you could be subject to a 10% penalty on top of ordinary income taxes. So again, it really depends on what age you are retiring. The other thing is your tax situation. Are you still working? And what I mean by working is, are you doing part-time work where you're not making a lot of money, but maybe you are making a lot of money? So it depends on your tax situation of which is the best account to draw from. Typically, you want to pull from your Roth last, but not necessarily because if you are, if you do need some money and you're in a high tax bracket, maybe you do want to take some out if it's going to put you in a higher tax bracket. So again, it's going to depend on your age and we, we really need to know more about your situation. But that's one of the things that we can help with is determining which pocket or which you know money you should be drawing from to give you the income that you need that's going to last your, your, your whole retirement. Miles, thanks very much for the question. And certainly, if you'd like more clarification on any of that, arrange to come in and have a conversation with Mark. Our next question is from Stan in the foothills. Stan says, I've had several paid-up life insurance policies on myself, a few on my wife, and a couple on each of my adult children. I funded all of these in the years when I was making a lot of money and had extra cash, but now I'm wondering if I have too much of my wealth tied up in life insurance. Is it worth cashing these out and using the money for something else? Well, Stan, that's a great question. The answer is maybe. You know, one of the things you want to be cautious of is if you were to cash it out, are you still insurable? If you do need the insurance, that would be the first concern. The second one is how much of that would be taxable. You don't want to put yourself in a bad tax situation if these things have grown and there's a lot of gain in them so that you need to know that information 
thing with insurance is one, if you're still insurable, of course, is insurance is actually cheaper now than it used to be. Most of the companies have adopted the 2017 mortality tables, which shows people are living longer, which what that means is insurance companies know that they can hold on to your money longer, which means it's cheaper because they don't have to pay it out uh, as soon as they would have when they first did these policies. So it might make sense to look at those and review those policies. The other thing too, is there's a lot of added benefits. They could be used for income down the road if it's done properly. Uh, A lot of times they can be used to pay for long-term care expenses as known as a, a living care writer. So that could be something that might be beneficial to you or you or your spouse. So it's really looking at these sorts of things, but you might even get more benefit for less cost these days. Or if you're paying on them still, uh, you might be able to get the same benefit for less payment or no payment. So we've done a lot of replacing of policies in the last couple of years just for these benefits alone of giving people you know, long-term care coverage or more death benefit with all these different enhancements that weren't available years ago. So it might be worth looking at. Certainly give us a call. We're happy to discuss it with you and see if there's a, if something we can do for you. Another good question from Stan. And uh, Mark, you're going to like this next question here. Uh, it's from Dorothy in Green Valley. Dorothy says, I'm 64 years old. I wanted to work until I was 66 or 67. So I was going to get serious about my financial plans in a year or so. But I just can't deal with my mouth-breathing boss anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to have in place before I give them my notice and storm out of here? You need a financial plan to make sure that you don't have to go back to work. And if you do, you don't give up that job that you have. Maybe you can't get the same job back. So you need somebody to sit down and put the time in and build you a comprehensive financial plan. And we're happy to do that and go through that process with you. But that's why you need somebody to run the numbers, look at all your different investments, your assets, liabilities, your net worth, the tax situation, all these different things, things you want to do in retirement and run the numbers to make sure that you're financially stable and financially independent if you decide to quit your job today versus quitting it in a couple of years. So that's something you should have. You're certainly within the range. You maybe should have done this a couple of years ago, but you are where you are at this point. So you can't uh, kick yourself for that. But what I would say is you need a financial plan, somebody to sit down with you that's going to run the numbers for you to make sure that if you do quit, you're going to be financially okay and, and independent, not have to worry about going back to work. Dorothy, we certainly feel for you because there are so many people who are perfectly happy with their jobs. They're there for years and they get a new boss, completely changes everything. You know, a boss, someone you have to answer to can really kind of ruin your whole experience. So might be a good idea to come in and have a conversation with Mark. And sounds like you don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, Mark, uh, what happens if Dorothy or any of these other folks decide to call you? Sure, Ron. Well, we've had some great questions and I just want to direct everybody. If you have a question you'd like to hear on the air, go to our website, which is savingwithsilverman.com. You click on the media tab. There's a place to submit your question, and maybe you'll get to hear it here answered on the air. But now's my chance to ask you a question, and can you answer it honestly and objectively as possible? Aside from the happy hellos and how's the family, and aside from the occasional lunch or golf game, I mean, I get it. I'm as much friends with many of my clients. They become true friends over the many years. But I think the question has to be asked, especially in light of the stakes. Is your current financial advisor truly adding value beyond a doubt? And I'll repeat. Is your current financial advisor truly adding value? It's a valid question as a friendship or just relationship allows you not to be in a position to ask those critical questions. Are you talking about taxes? Are you talking about social security and risk and income and diversification and insurance and estate planning and healthcare? Are you having those annual reviews, but hopefully it's more frequently than that. Is there detailed follow-up? Is there accountability? If you are, if all of that is happening, congratulations because you've got a great relationship and send your financial advisor a thank you. 
But if you're not, if you're not having that, if you're not feeling the value, if you're not having these in-depth conversations, then you owe it to yourself and really to your family to have a conversation with someone else because if you don't, you're the one that's going to suffer. You're the one that's going to pay the cost and it'll cost you in more ways than you'll ever know. Let us prove to you how we can help your money go further in retirement. Let us show you with our financial physical. I believe you'll be surprised at what you'll learn and this won't cost you anything. Give us a call or send us a text to 520-333-7601, 520-333-7601. That's 520-333-7601. Or check us out online at savingwithsilverman.com. That's savingwithsilverman.com. Please don't procrastinate because making smarter choices about your money impacts the quality of your life. Mark Silverman is your certified financial planner professional, the founder and the managing member at Silverman and Associates in Tucson. 520-333-7601 is your number to call or text 520-333-7601. Ron Stutz here along with Mark Silverman. And Mark, I got to say, you dispensed a lot of information out there today. And uh, certainly enjoyed hanging out with you for a while. Ron, it's been another great show. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen. And please let us know if we can help and be safe out there. Join us again next week for the next edition of Saving with Silverman. Silverman and Associates Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities product, service, or investment strategy. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified advisor, tax professional, or attorney before implementing any strategy or recommendation discussed herein.